Welcome back to the Blackout for another brand new episode of the podcast, bringing you the best teams and the biggest games from all of college football on the way to the college football playoff. And folks, we've reached it. We're to championship week. We've wrapped up the majority, the large majority of the regular season, and now we are to the conference championship games that will define the teams that are in the college football playoff in just over a month from now. I'm Thomas Black, your host, and as I do each and every week, I'll be taking you through the biggest moments of week 13 and also looking ahead to week 14 as we preview some of the biggest games of the season coming up here in championship week. As is the case with every single episode of The Blackout, this episode is brought to you by Super Team Media. On this episode, I'll be taking you through the conference championship games that will pertain heavily to the results we see in teams heading into the college football playoff. But one game in particular stands out above the rest as we've got number one Alabama playing number four Georgia in Atlanta, Georgia in the SEC championship game. Because of that, you can expect this to be an extra-packed edition of the Blackout. Joining me in the second segment of the show will be Trent Smallwood from UGASports.com to give you the Georgia perspective on the game and what you can expect out of the Bulldogs and their biggest challenge of the season. And in the third segment, I'll be joined by Don Hartley of Town Square Media Radio Stations from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, as the Crimson Tide looks to beat Georgia again. Of course, last year it was in the National Championship, This year, looking to do it in the SEC Championship. And of course, while we have both Trent and Don on the show, I'll have to ask both of them what it would mean for Georgia to pull an upset over Alabama, and would that automatically mean that we have two SEC teams going into the college football playoff? You have to believe that that is certainly a possibility, especially with the college football playoff committee's respect for what Alabama is and what they've done all season long in dominating fashion. Now, as we review week 13, let's go ahead and take a look at the very best moments from teams that kept themselves alive for the college football playoff. I'll start with a couple of plays from my second most impactful game of the entire weekend. In a game that was supposed to be strictly defined by the offensive side of the ball, When Oklahoma traveled to West Virginia, surprisingly, it was two defensive plays that really defined this game. If you remember from last week's episode, I called for West Virginia to pull the upset over the Sooners. But twice in this game, Will Greer was sacked, stripped of the ball, and after Oklahoma recovered both times, they returned it for a touchdown. Here's the first one from Sean McDonough on ESPN as Caleb Kelly made an incredibly impressive play strip sack, then a scoop and score from 10 yards out to put Oklahoma ahead 35-21 late in the first half. Second and 11 for the 24-yard line. Greer under duress. The ball's out as Caleb Kelly took him down. He scoops it up and scores. And again, late in the second half, after West Virginia had come back, had the ball, and was driving for what could have potentially been a go-ahead touchdown, this is a sack and strip by Kenneth Mann and a 48-yard touchdown return on the fumble by Curtis Bolton. Greer falls up in the air and now loose on the ground. And Oklahoma has it. Curtis Bolton taking off for the end zone. Second defensive score of the night for Oklahoma. And 
if it's not for these two defensive scores and what was a 59-56 win for Oklahoma, we'd talk about the Sooners falling this past weekend out of contention for the college football playoff. But as it stands right now, Oklahoma has a rematch with Texas in the Big 12 championship for a chance to be able to win and assuming an Alabama win over Georgia, Oklahoma should be in the college football playoff. And now it's time for the very best of what we saw from week 13 in the college football season. And I've got to send a disclaimer out on this one. Bruce, the only Michigan fan I know, if you're listening to this one, I apologize because here's Gus Johnson on Fox for each and every one of Ohio State's eight touchdowns in their complete domination of Michigan, 62-39 to on Saturday. Here's Haskins, under pressure this time, and he finds his man. Olave, touchdown, Buckeyes! And just like that, Ohio State marches it right down the field. 24-yard score to take a 6-0 lead. Haskins to the corner. Haskins, touchdown again! Chris Olave! First down and 10 at the 31. Haskins sprinting out, sets up deep, over the middle, touchdown, Buckeyes, Johnny Dixon. And it's blocked, Ohio State got it, blocked out of the air, towards the end zone, touchdown, Buckeyes. Option, Weber, touchdown, Bucks. We've been waiting all year long. For the final game against their arch rivals in the game. As they run it with Paris Campbell down the sideline. Watch out! Campbell turns on the juice. Touchdown, Buckeyes. 78 yards. Haskins throws. Touchdown, K.J. Hill. And Dwayne Haskins breaks Drew Brees' 40th touchdown pass of the season. He better go to New York. Here's Haskins. Guns it. Touchdown. Oh, it's just a completely brutal way to finish out the regular season if you're Michigan. And such a massive exclamation point to put on the end of the year by the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't know about you, but this is the game that I point to that surprises me more than any individual game throughout the entire season. The final score, 62-39, was even pretty deceptive as far as how the game played out. Ohio State was much more dominant than the score indicated. Their defense finally, just finally, showed up to play in a big game. And the offense accounting for seven of the eight touchdowns against the number one defense in the country going into this game is just plain remarkable. And Ohio State is rewarded by being ranked sixth in the country by the playoff committee. And now they stand a win against Northwestern away from being Big Ten champs again, but they still need some help as far as the college football playoff goes. This team would certainly need Georgia to lose to Alabama. And on top of that, they'll be pulling 
for the Texas Longhorns to knock off the Oklahoma Sooners for a second time this season. If Ohio State's game plays out in their favor, plus having the other two go their way as well, you'll see the Buckeyes in the college football playoff. Is it possible? Yes, it is. Is it likely? I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. As far as this weekend goes with the college football playoff contenders, I expect all the favorites to come out on top. Earlier in the year, I gave you Texas as a pick to knock off Oklahoma in an upset win. Not this time. I'm taking the Sooners to beat Texas. Of course, I'm going with Alabama over Georgia, Ohio State over Northwestern, and Clemson over Pittsburgh. That would leave you with what I project to be a Final Four of number one, Alabama, number two, Clemson, number three, Notre Dame, and number four, Oklahoma. Now, as I head off to break, remember, on the other side, I've got a first interview coming up with Trent Smallwood from UGASports.com. And later in the show, I'll have Don Hartley back on to give me the Alabama perspective on the SEC championship. It's the biggest game of the weekend, and we've got it all covered here on the Blackout. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe. I'm Thomas Black, your host, and you're listening to the Blackout. Welcome back to another segment of The Blackout. Here with you, Thomas Black, as always, and now joining me from UGASports.com, he is Trent Smallwood. Trent, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, Good. Thanks for having me again, man. Yes, sir. I do appreciate it. Now, you're working your way to the biggest game of the weekend in college football, the SEC Championship with Georgia against Alabama, the number one team in the country. Tell me what your thoughts are with this Georgia team in recent weeks. Are they playing, maybe, can we say, their best football of the season? I would say so. I would say during the first, you know, five or six weeks of the season, it was um, Georgia was lacking something as far as identity on offense. And, you know, they they got away from what they do best at LSU, and uh, they started tossing it all over the yard. And then after the LSU game, um, Ever since then, if you if you look and compare Georgia and Alabama the last five weeks of the season, um, Georgia actually has is averaging more yards per game. Um, they're they're right there in pretty much every uh, statistical category, even with Alabama. So I would say that you know the last five weeks of the season they've really um, looked like more like they did last year. Instead of this, a lot has to do with DeAndre Swift being healthy and that running game getting going. Yeah, that was going to be my next question for you. Is DeAndre Swift fully healthy? Uh, just how much has he been back to normal, and uh, what difference has that made for this offense as they've progressed late in the season? You know, I, I don't know if he's fully healthy because it's um, – I don't know if anybody's fully healthy at this time of the season, but as far as uh, – he really looked like a new player uh, during the Kentucky game. I think that was the first time that he, he just really – looked like himself uh his cuts were there um and that and that told me that his lower body injury was was a lot better and come to find out it was two uh surgically repaired uh, uh growing uh, injuries so i think i think he at this stage he's more healthy than he was during the spring and i think that's really really helped this georgia offense um you know elijah holyfield's done a great job uh all year but he doesn't have that home run potential and Swiss brought that home run potential back to the running game. Uh, similar to what 
uh, Sony Michelle had for that that team last year. Looking back at the rest of this offense, when you were previously on the blackout, you came on and you described Justin Fields as a special player. Do you think that he's going to have something of an impact on this game against Alabama as maybe Ala, as maybe Georgia's staff looking at a situation where they've held him back a little bit, and are they going to see him a lot in this game? If I gave you an over-under, do we see him over or under 10 plays in this game? I would say right at it. Um, it it's hard. It's hard to... Uh, put a number on it. I, I, I do think that he's made strides. I, I, I think that he is a special talent. I, I, I do think, you know, if you go back and watch him, there is some mental mistakes he makes, some uh, some incorrect reads he makes. Um, it, looking back at the UMass game, he he made and I mean, it, it showed how much arm strength he had and and how he could push the ball down the field in the passing game. But at the same time, the pass before. Um, his touchdown pass to McCall Hardman, he threw a ball to the flats where it was the incorrect read. He had a, uh, both defenders went to that flat, and then that's where he threw it. So he's, he's still making those freshman mistakes, but I do think he's going to have uh, – I mean, Georgia's not going to be able to run right at this Alabama front seven. I mean, you get you get in the um, – as far as the red zone, it's going to be hard to – uh, generate points just running right at this right, right at this group so I think there's going to be a game plan for him to 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 play but I'm not sure that he's going to be a deciding factor in the game I think Jake Fromm and, and that offensive line are going to be the deciding factors as we look at the defensive side of the ball it's the number one priority simply to get pressure on Tua and does Georgia have the ability with a front three or a front four to get pressure on him or are they going to have to bring a lot of blitzes in this game you know, I, I think um, you look at the the numbers, the stack number, it, it is down, but it, it is not really a case where Georgia hasn't just gotten pressure. You know, they have a lot of it. You know, DeAndre Walker leads the team at thirty quarterback pressures. Thirty quarterback pressures a lot during the season, and uh, you know, um, Tyler Clark and Jonathan Ledbetter combined for twenty eight QB pressures. So. Uh, I think Georgia's gotten pressure, but I think the opposing teams have gotten the ball out so quick. And I think it's important for Georgia to get pressure. But, you know, at the same time, the secondary has got to play where, you know, Alabama's going to try to big play them to death. And uh, like they've done everybody all year. And I think it's important for Georgia to keep everything underneath, let Alabama try to force the ball downfield, and at the same time, Georgia's going to have to get pressure. I think you might see pressure on third down, obvious passing downs, uh, bringing in like a speed package like they did at Kentucky with Adam Anderson and uh, Channing Tindall and guys like that. But um, Georgia's just got they got to play smart football. They got to play assignment football. They got to keep everything in front of them, and they got to get pressure on two when they can. Now, when we compare to the game that matched up these two teams last season, obviously it was for a national championship last time. Obviously, Georgia only had to deal with Tua Tungavaloa for a half last year. They have to deal with him for the entire game this season. Uh, defensively, I'm not sure the Georgia Bulldogs are quite on the level they were a year ago. Uh, what kind of differences do you see from this game last season coming into this year, and how big of an upset would it be? We see Georgia as a 13.5-point underdog headed into this game. Just how big of an upset would it be if the Bulldogs pulled it off? You know, Georgia lost a lot on defense, and the defense has really started to get a lot better. They don't have many um, standout guys. Uh, you know, they got DeAndre Baker, they got DeAndre Walker, they got uh, uh, Tyler Clark as kind of the three standout guys. But they have a that they're starting to play a lot better team football, um, and, and and that's been noticeable the last five weeks. I mean, Georgia gave up you know the, the two late touchdowns Georgia Tech, but that was third string guys in there. 
their their starters have have really played well these last five games. And but on the other hand, something that I've noticed that's really changed: Georgia's offensive line was young last year, and they've gotten better. Alabama's defensive line, you know, is not quite as good as last year. They got Quinn Williams, who's a who's an outstanding football player. But, you know, they had DeAndre Payne last year. They had all kind of studs up front. So I think Georgia uh, has advantage right there where they're, they're a year older on the offensive line. They, uh, they're they a talented bunch. And Alabama might not be as good. And Georgia had some running room last year. So uh, Georgia might have advantage right there and take advantage. they need to take advantage of that aspect. Um, but as far as – it would be a huge upset for Georgia simply because – Georgia's a young football team, and you know they're going to have these guys. Most of their skill guys, most of, most of their offensive line, uh, they're all young. They're all freshmen, sophomores. So if they can beat Alabama, and in, in while they're still young, not waiting until their sophomore, junior seasons, it's a big momentum factor for the future. Now, Trent, as we look at this game Saturday afternoon, it sounds like to me that maybe you think this game could be a little bit closer than I think a lot of people will be projecting. As you look at this game, what kind of prediction do you have? How close do you think Georgia pulls uh, within, you know, coming of an upset of Alabama? Yeah, I think Alabama wins, uh, but it's just, I think it's going to be closer than expected. You know, Alabama's beaten every opponent by 22 points or more. But here's the thing. It, uh, the college football playoffs came out came out last night. You know they got Alabama one and Clemson two and Notre Dame three and Georgia four. But it would very uh, it would surprise me. Uh, it it wouldn't surprise me if Georgia played Alabama closer than any other opponent does on Alabama's schedule. You wow. know remaining on out simply because Georgia can match up with Alabama in the trenches and most teams can't. Um, I don't think uh, Clemson's offensive line can match up with Alabama's defensive line. I don't think, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio State, whoever it is, I don't think they can match up in the trenches. Georgia has the horses to match up in the trenches, and that's the reason why I think this will be a closer game than, than many expect. What kind of score are you thinking for this game? I'm looking more towards like a 35-24 type game uh, or 38-27. I think Georgia's going to put points on the board, but ultimately I, I think Alabama's got too much firepower on offense in the fourth quarter. All right, Trent, we certainly do appreciate it. I love having you on the show. Thank you for joining me. Now, as you head toward the weekend, make sure you enjoy some time with your family and enjoy this game coming up this weekend. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It certainly is great to have Trent on the show to give the Georgia perspective as we head into this weekend's game. And now, as I head off to break again, be sure to stick around for the Alabama perspective as Don Hartley will join the show from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You are listening to Thomas Black here on The Blackout. for another segment of the blackout i'm thomas black your host and now joining me from tuscaloosa alabama and the town square media radio stations it is don hartley don how are you doing today i'm doing great how about you doing wonderful glad to have you back on the show welcome back and now we are working our way towards the sec championship a big one on saturday afternoon as the alabama crimson tide number one team in the country takes on the eastern champs and the georgia bulldogs uh, as you look at this game, you know, of course, the SEC championship, how similar do you think this game is to last year in the matchup we saw in the national championship? 
Well, this game is big on so many different levels. Rematch of the uh, national championship game last year, like you said, also for the Southeastern Conference Championship. And, uh, of course, a slot in the uh, college football playoffs. Uh, I, I think that it is a bit different from last year because, A, the, the Bulldogs will have had plenty of time to prepare for Tua and what he does. Uh, B, it's going to be, I think, a test for Alabama's running game. Uh, I think that Georgia probably will put so much effort into trying to stop Tua and, and uh, that tremendous stable of, of um, receivers that it's going to uh, place a real premium on Alabama's running game to be able to get started early and uh, carry the weight. The difference also uh, is I think this is a better Alabama team than, uh, than uh, Georgia played last year. Georgia defensively has had a hard time uh, getting stops. Um, that will make uh, the, uh, they will make it difficult, I think, against this high-powered Alabama offense that has not beaten anybody any less than 20 points during the season. You mentioned this Georgia defense trying to slow down the passing game. Obviously, that's going to be difficult against Tua Tagovailoa. You've got receivers like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Irv Smith, Jalen Waddell. Uh, when they're going up against this Georgia defense, they're going to have to see a guy like DeAndre Baker. Now, the unfortunate part is for Georgia, DeAndre Baker can't cover all four of these guys at once. But what kind of talent is DeAndre Baker? And just exactly how do you think you, Georgia will utilize him in trying to slow down this passing game? I, you know, I don't think one person really can, is going to make a difference on, for either team. Uh, Alabama is getting the return of uh, one of its linebackers for the ball game that uh, they lost early in the season uh, due to an injury. Uh, and even him coming back, I don't think, make a big difference because this is going to take, I think, on both sides of the ball, everybody putting 100% into the ball game and making sure that, that uh, they play their position are not out of position uh, because especially if, uh, on Georgia's side of the ball defensively, if you're out of position, Tungo Valoa will make you pay for it. Now, Don, earlier in the show, I spoke with Trent Smallwood of UGASports.com in talking about this game. He mentioned the fact that while Georgia has not been able to sack much uh, this season against opposing quarterbacks, they have still gotten a lot of pressure. Uh, as I'm looking at it, I think they're going to have a difficult time getting pressure on Tua. Uh, what do you see as far as Georgia's defensive front, and do you think they're going to have to bring a lot of blitzes to be able to get pressure into his face? Yeah, you know, everybody forgets Tunga Valoa still is a young quarterback in, uh, in Southeastern Conference in college football play. He has, now has one full season under his belt. Uh, so if Georgia can come out, they can uh, disguise some uh, looks defensively. It could confuse him. Here's the problem for that, though. It may cause him some problems in the first half, but he is such an exceptional um, mind of being able to see the field, comprehend what the defense is doing, and be able to make adjustments as the, go the game goes along. And as we've seen over the last couple of weeks where Alabama has met some better defensive ball clubs, uh, while they have struggled in the first half, in the second half, they have been able to make those uh, proper adjustments and then blow them out in the second half. I'm not saying that it'll be a blowout game because I think uh, Georgia is still a great deal of a mirror image to Alabama in many ways. And I, th I think it probably will be a game that uh, could come down to the you know, last couple of possessions. 
when you look at Georgia's offense and DeAndre Swift, he's a talented running back and maybe one of the most talented uh, backs that Alabama could see this entire season, including what could be the playoff run. Uh, what exactly do you think this battle of defense has to do against DeAndre Swift to be able to slow him down? Alabama defense has got some of the same problems Georgia defense has. Uh, Jake Fromm, strong arm. Got a strong arm quarterback, an accurate quarterback that uh, – can open uh, avenues for the running back. If you uh, concentrate on stopping the running game, Fromm will beat you. Concentrate on uh, stopping Fromm, the running game can beat you. Alabama's uh, defense, um, as good as it's been, is still young, the secondary especially. Um, But those linebackers, uh, the key, I think, this year is those linebackers haven't missed much of the season as they did last year. We had so many... uh, linebackers on Alabama last year that got uh, injured down the stretch. Uh, that uh, that was uh, could be credited for the loss to uh, Georgia and some of the struggles. But when they were able to have that time between the end of the uh, regular season and the national championship game, they were able to, to get them all well. Here's one of the concerns I think Nick Saban has, and he kind of talked about it in his press conference on Monday. He's concerned that some of the mistakes made over the last uh, couple of ball games has come from mental fatigue. He's not concerned about physical uh, fatigue as he was last year, but he's concerned about some mental fatigue because there were actually uh, quite a number of errors made just simply because players were out of position, um, misread the offense. Uh, we had uh, busted coverages for Alabama uh, several times. And uh, I think that he's going to try to give his team as much rest as he can while still Uh, trying to put in uh, the remainder of the game plan. Now, we talk about this game in a lot of different senses, and we've got people talking about if Georgia can pull what would be a big upset. They're a a 13.5-point underdog right now. Uh, If they were to pull the upset, a lot of people have the opinion that Alabama has done enough to still be in the college football playoff. Now, I don't think they can get blown out, but as you look at this game, Don, do you think that if Bama somehow does get upset by Georgia, that they still find themselves in the playoff at season's end? Yeah, there's several ways to look at that. You know, if Oklahoma and Ohio State happen to lose this weekend and Alabama loses a close ball game, I think Alabama's a lock. Uh, and again, the Southeastern Conference to get two teams uh, in the national uh, championship uh, playoff. Now, if Alabama gets blown out and either Oklahoma or Ohio State wins, I think that uh, that would put Alabama on the outside looking in. Uh, and if between the battle between Oklahoma and uh, Ohio State, I would think that uh, if Oklahoma is the team that wins this this weekend uh, and they do it convincingly over a team that they just barely lost to, uh, I think that that would put them in over, over Ohio State. Now, Don, as we look toward this game, it's a big one. What do you expect as this game plays out? Uh, it sounds like probably you expect George, uh, Alabama to come away with the win, but what would you project to be the final score in this one? Yeah, I don't think I would go with uh, 13 plus uh, points uh, on it. I would uh, look more maybe 10 or less. Uh, I would probably stick with around 10 points. And I think that the, the difference in that will be the arm of, of uh, Tua and the ability of the running game to uh, take some of the pressure off of him. All right, Don, I really appreciate your time on the show. And as you make your way through the rest of this week, whether you're in Atlanta for the game or not, I wish you a good weekend and uh, enjoy the game. Thank you very much. And uh, it is, again, will prove that the Southeastern Conference is the best in the land.
And just as I said earlier about Trent Smallwood, it has been a blast to have people like this on the blackout all college football season long. A big thank you goes out to Don Hartley for joining the show again and giving his thoughts on Alabama and what they face against Georgia and what could be coming down the line in the college football playoff. As I told you earlier in the show, I'm with both of these guys. I think that Alabama comes away with the win against Georgia, but I think it's a little bit easier than both of these guys say. Both Trent and Don had Alabama winning by about 10 points. I'm going with the Crimson Tide by three scores in this game. 41-20 over the Bulldogs. And that's all the time I have for this episode of The Blackout, but I thank you for listening all throughout the season and to this episode. And if this is your first time listening to The Blackout, be sure to subscribe if you enjoy the content. This will be my last episode for a little while, but I guarantee you before the college football playoff gets here, I'll have an episode full of content for you for each of the four teams coming into the playoff, whichever four teams they may be. Lastly, if you would, while you're on iTunes subscribing to the show, be sure to rate it and then jump on over to Facebook where you can find the show at The Blackout Podcast. Like it there and leave a review as well. I appreciate each and every one of you that's been listening this season and I cannot wait to get you more content on college football as the season comes down to the last few weeks, and as we head into the offseason, I'll be looking to be doing more then as well. For now, I'm Thomas Black, and you've been listening to The Blackout. Blackout.